0: welcome to i'm hormonal your source of information about women's hormone health and how to support your body naturally i'm your host bridget walton and i'm a certified functional hormone specialist and menstrual cycle coach i am on a mission to hold these hormone conversations with as many menstruators as possible because you deserve easier access to accurate information about what's up with your unruly menstrual cycle and with your fertility mysteries don't you think it's time that we figure this out once and for all? On today's show, we are gonna talk about PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome. If you were with me last week, you heard my conversation with Bess Berger, a dietitian and nutritionist, where we talked about PCOS as well. But what we're gonna do this week is really get into what PCOS is, how the symptoms present, Um, of course, what you can do about it if you have PCOS, as well as the four drivers or kind of causes behind PCOS. So we'll cover these questions and more. Stick with me till the end. If this is your first time listening, then welcome and hello. I'm so glad that you found me. For those of you who have joined the conversation with me before, welcome back. As always, I just want to remind you that the information I share with you today is for educational purposes only, and it shouldn't be used as a replacement for diagnosis or one-on-one support from a certified practitioner. That being said, if you want more specific feedback and perspective on your situation, then head over to BridgetWalton.com so you and I can connect. Without further ado, let's dive in. Let's talk at a high level about what PCOS is. Again, PCOS stands for Polycystic Ovary Syndrome. And there are a couple of symptoms that you may be experiencing, um, which will lead you to a conclusion or a diagnosis from your doctor that PCOS is what you're working with. Those symptoms include one, an an anovulatory cycle, two, hyperandrogenism and or three, uh, polycystic ovaries, which would be discovered through an ultrasound with your doctor potentially. So what does that mean? Overall, if you're experiencing PCOS, then you might know this because your cycles are irregular or your cycles might be longer than the you know kind of ideal window, which would be between 21 to 35 days. So if you can't predict your period, then maybe this is worth learning a bit more about. Also, I mentioned hypoandrogenism and that means that you have hyper more levels of androgens in your body. What are androgens? Androgens are hormones like testosterone, androstenedione, etc., which are responsible for some parts of your health. I mean, let me rewind for even just one second. These hormones that are considered, um, you know, sometimes male hormones, they're super essential for female hormone health as well, because testosterone ultimately is converted into estrogen and so on and so forth. And so when you have higher levels of these hormones in your body, sometimes that can present as acne or excess body hair also as, you know, extra weight gain around your midsection, or an inability to lose weight in some situations as well. So those may be some things that you are experiencing if you have PCOS. Last but not least, of course, poly, meaning multiple, cystic, being, you know, a cyst, a fluid-filled sac on your ovaries, can be something else too. Why does this happen? Well, you're basically your ovaries are getting follicles ready to ovulate as they as they should be right each month, but they don't actually like make it to ovulation. It, it's the the egg actually is never released, and so that's why. Um, well, there could be multiple cysts on your ovaries, and that doesn't mean that they're painful. You may you know most menstruators have multiple um, multiple well. Follicles that are getting ready on their ovaries at any one time. It's not normally problematic, but sometimes, and in the case of PCOS, it can be a larger factor. So, considering um, two of three of these things are generally present in women or menstruators with PCOS. Now, what causes PCOS or what is behind PCOS? there are a couple of different things, right? Of course, the three things that I just mentioned are the symptoms, how you would kind of confirm that, how how a doctor really might confirm and and diagnose you with PCOS, but the different drivers behind it can vary. So, there are four different drivers. I'll just mention each quickly and then we'll go one by one more in-depth about, you know, sort of the order you should consider them in, how you might know if that driver is the thing that is or contributing to your PCOS, and then what you can do to, uh, to address it. So the four things, the four drivers rather are, one, insulin resistance, two, post birth control PCOS, three, chronic inflammation could be a driver of your PCOS, And the fourth thing that could be driving your PCOS would be adrenal PCOS. And so let's dive into each of those. So doctor says, hey girl, PCOS, that's what we're dealing with. You might wanna ask yourself or have this conversation with your doctor or practitioner about, is insulin resistance a factor? Now, if you've been with me before, then you will know that insulin is the hormone that our body releases in response to glucose or sugars, starches that we consume. So if you are suspecting that you could have insulin resistance, then what you might want to do is get a test done for fasting insulin. And so that will say, hey, even when there's no, you know, you didn't eat recently, you know, you just ate last night because you'll probably get this test done in the morning so you don't have to fast all day. How much insulin is still circulating through your blood? Insulin plays a big role in inflammation as well. So we'll come back to inflammation here shortly. But check into your fasting insulin levels to see what that looks like. If your fasting insulin levels are a bit higher than what's ideal, you will certainly want to focus on supporting a more stable blood sugar. And so what that means is you're going to have to quit sugar for a bit, right? and refined sugar, but also being conscious of and um limiting other sort other forms of sugar, whether that's watermelon, pineapple or oatmeal, right? Because sugar comes in different forms. Glucose is in your fruit also in your oatmeal. You guys see where I'm going with that. But that'll be one thing to consider stabilizing your blood sugars. You're also gonna to wanna to focus on getting good quality sleep. You can consider supplementing with magnesium, which helps to stabilize blood sugar as well. Other supplements that you can consider and, and look more into and um, would be berberine, vitamin D, zinc, and then also on the herbal side would be uh, peony and licorice. The moral of the story here Focusing on having a breakfast that consists of high protein and fat, lower carbs, that'll be a good first step for you. After you have meals, getting out and about for a couple of minutes, go for a, lo- a lap, um, take a lap around the block, is what I meant to say there. Um, and just learning about blood sugar and how to keep it regulated. This is really important for overall long-term health. Like PCOS. Yes, you you know, blood sugar and insulin levels are a big factor, but just overall longevity and health and metabolic health, it's essential to have a good handle on what your blood sugar is like. So I'll wrap it up there for insulin resistance, but a couple of things, that's the first driver that you should be considering. If you're able to say, nope, insulin resistance... Not a factor for me. What do I look at next? Ask yourself well, did you just get off of birth control? And if so, how were your periods before you started your birth control? Did you have regular periods before? Because if the answer to that is yes, and you did have regular periods before you just got off birth control, then the driver for your PCOS, uh, well, would be getting off the pill. Once you get off the pill or off your other form of birth control, your hormones are just trying to figure out, like, how do we go here? What do we do? What what do I, you know, let's get back in balance. And so that'll just take a bit of time for them to figure themselves out and regulate again. One way that you could verify that you, you know, that the pill is the cause or driver, of this PCOS would be to have some testing done where you would see that luteinizing hormone is high as it compares to follicle-stimulating hormone. So luteinizing hormone, follicle-stimulating hormone, those are the ones that you wanna see to kind of assess that ratio. If you wanna go back to episode number nine too, I talked about both of these hormones at more length there. So. Episode 9, check that out if you want more information on those two hormones. What you want to do if post-pill PCOS is what you're looking at is, again, focus on getting high quality sleep. Make sure that you're eating enough food that you're nourishing your body and also that you're eating starches. So, When you're trying to watch your blood sugar, and this will apply to insulin-resistant PCOS as well, when you're trying to watch your blood sugar, some folks might think, okay, well, let me just cut out everything, right? I can't have rice. I can't have potatoes. I can't have all that stuff because that's what makes my blood sugar go up. Well, having those complex carbs or those complex starches like rice and potatoes is still really essential, especially for cycling gals out there. So, Not contributing, uh, integrating rice and potatoes, whatever it is that you like, into, you know, at least certainly one meal a day is important. You can also consider supplementing with zinc. And if you want to look into peony and licorice again for um, an herbal supplement, then that would be a good one to consider. Last but not least, with post-pill BCOS. (sighs) Sometimes you just got to give it a little bit of time. It's just going to take your body a couple months to get things back in the normal groove of things. So be patient. Don't stress. It'll go. It'll flex back. Now, if you're somebody who post PCS does not, PCOS does not apply to, then you say, "All right, what's the next thing we should look at?" And it is um, inflammatory or inflammation-driven PCOS. So what are some signs of chronic inflammation and why is that even, like, why would that cause PCOS? Well, inflammation can really disrupt our hormones and it can suppress ovulation. It's kind of just, it's cluttering the communication pathways for our hormones and it gets things gunked up. So what this can lead to, as far as symptoms go, might look like fatigue gastrointestinal problems? Do you have headaches? Do you have joint pain? Or do you have another skin condition that, um, you know, you're not sure of what the root is behind that? Those are all symptoms of chronic inflammation. So, if this is what is affecting you, what should you consider? Well, first, you want to look at an anti-inflammatory diet. So, removing as much processed food as possible, um, considering you know how does wheat or how does gluten impact you and impact your digestive system as well as dairy. Again, check out last week's episode with Best Burger. We talked about those three things: processed foods, gluten, and dairy, as you know, impacts um, or I guess I should say uh, factors that really move the needle. When it comes to inflammation and helping to support your PCOS, if you want to consider supplements, then take a look at things like zinc, magnesium, NAC, melatonin, or check out a probiotic that can help your gut to be doing a little bit better. Just remember that your gastrointestinal health, your gut health is essential for your hormone health because a lot of our hormones are um metabolized through our gut and of course that's how we're absorbing nutrients which are some of the nutrients that we need in order to make our hormones so if your gut is bothering you if you're having stomach problems you know really ask yourself like is this something that i can address like what changes can i make here how can i eat stuff that's less inflammatory or you know every time i eat x or y i get a stomach ache my dude just just skip it just don't eat it if it makes you irritated so overall avoiding inflammation and the last thing i'll mention here is considering environmental toxins so are there toxins that are you know getting into your body through the beauty products that you're putting on your skin that aren't you know quote unquote clean products right? Are you eating produce that's not organic produce and that has pesticides or other chemicals on it? Do you maybe need to grab an air filter for your house because you live in the city and your air—you know, you're getting toxins into your body through the air? Or are you drinking out of plastic and eating off of plastic all the time? And that's getting into your system as well so environmental toxins like those things and without getting into the specifics of it those impact our hormones because some of those chemicals make our bodies think that they are hormones right because they'll kind of plug into the same receptors and that can a confuse our bodies and b cause inflammation so what can you do there consider that if inflammation is the driver for your PCOS. If though you get to this point and you say, nah, chronic inflammation, that's not thats not the problem for me. What is the last question that you should ask yourself when it comes to androgen or adrenal driven PCOS? And for this one, you might wanna do uh, some lab work, right? Because what you'll see with this is that your Testosterone levels are are normal, normal androstenedione levels as well, but you would have high DHEAS levels. So without getting into the details of what all of those are, although we know that these hormones I just mentioned are androgens, of course, and the precursors for a lot of our, you know, quote unquote, female hormones like estrogen. Um, if they're out of whack and just DHEAS is what shows to be high, then adrenal-driven PCOS is, you know, something you should be considering. And well, if you do find that this is the case, then what are some things that you should check out? First, what you'll want to look into are endocrine disruptors. Just like I mentioned a second ago, any of those environmental toxins, how can you remove those from your environment and remove your contact or mitigate your contact with those, uh, with those chemicals? The next thing that you'll want to consider is genetic susceptibility. So is there a genetic component to this that is impacting your adrenals and that may be contributing to your adrenal or rather androgen excess? We all need to reduce stress. Surely, that's important for our health. But for adrenal-driven PCOS, think about how you can reduce your stress levels. When it comes to supplementation, consider looking at B vitamins, as well as licorice and rhodiola. Now, if you get to this point and your test, uh, your lab results don't come back to show you have high DHEAs, then. It's kind of worth coming back to the start and asking, you know, are you sure that you have PCOS? And so that's the order that you're going to want to consider your symptoms and consider the drivers in. And you can use that as a uh, as a guide to your conversation with your doctor, or with your practitioner, or as you do your own research. For what it's worth, I used Dr. Laura Bryden's book, The Period Repair Manual, as my reference guide for a lot of the information that I've talked about today. So if you want more information, I think her book, well, her books are really, really um, easy to comprehend, super detailed. And again, if you just want more information, uh, connect with me we can talk more or check out Dr. Laura Bryden's book, Period Repair Manual, for more in-depth overview as well. All right, my friend, we are just about ready to wrap up. But before we do so, let me tell you about an event that's coming up on February 10th, 2023. There is a health and wellness expo here in Encinitas, California. It's going to take place at the community center off of Encinitas Boulevard. And I'm excited because I'm going to be an exhibitor there. So if you're in the area, you want to come get to know me. We can talk about hormones, of course. We can talk about whatever you've got going on. Come to the Encinitas Health and Wellness Expo on February 10th. 2023. It'll be from 10 until 2 p.m. And you can check out more details on this event in the show notes or on my Instagram. Can't wait to see you there. Let's bring it back to PCOS and kind of wrap up for the day. So again, PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome. Some of the symptoms or criteria that go into PCOS are having anovulatory cycles or irregular cycles. Sometimes they'll be longer than what is prescribed. The second thing is hyperandrogenism. And so what that means is you have an excess of androgens. And what that can look like sometimes is excess hair growth, acne, and sometimes weight gain. The third and final component that might lead you to concluding PCOS is a factor for you would be ovaries that are, you guessed it, polycystic. So this is something that would be discovered through ultrasound and might be a tool or a conversation piece that you have with your doctor if they are investigating with you on this journey. There's a lot of stuff that you can do on your own, naturally, as far as lifestyle changes go, to support your health if you've got PCOS. So when it comes to things like, well, first understanding what could be the driver behind your PCOS. Is it insulin resistance? Is it because you just got off the pill? Is it because you have chronic inflammation? Last but not least, could your adrenals be the driver behind your PCOS? So with that being said, focusing on limiting or controlling and stabilizing your blood sugar, that's gonna be essential. Focusing on getting enough rest so your body can be repairing itself. Focusing on reducing processed foods and eating whole foods, eating foods that aren't introducing endocrine disrupting chemicals into your body. That's the long way of saying maybe organic, fruits and vegetables. Those are all things that you can do. Just make small changes over time in order to see changes in your health. Last but not least, and I can't—I would shout this from the rooftops, reducing stress is really important for supporting your hormones. So like we mentioned with endocrine disrupting chemicals, There are different kinds of stresses on your body because those sort of chemicals are stressors, but also your mental and emotional stress is important too and can impact your physical health. So how can you get those things under control so that you can really feel your best and have good regular ovulation and optimal hormone health? I want to ask you a favor. Would you go over to Instagram and connect with me on Instagram? My handle is at Bridget Walton. You can also find the link in the show notes. I would love to connect with you over there because I want to hear what you want to know and what you want to talk, you want me to talk about rather. So let me know what questions you have, what your situation is with your health, and let me know how I can help and what you want me to talk about. On a similar note, did you know that I provide one-on-one coaching where we can work together to identify what is the root cause of your specific hormone imbalance, And, and then we can work together as you implement these diet and lifestyle tweaks that can help lead you to achieve your fertility or contraception or your period goals. If you're currently facing fertility concerns, whether it's due to PCOS or something else, then I'm talking to you, my friend. My hormone reset package will help you to really renew your confidence in your body and help you get to where you want to be, whether that goal is achieving fertility or contraception. You will also learn the fundamentals so you know how to support your hormone balance for the long run. Go to the link in the show notes or head over to BridgetWalton.com and then click work with Bridget for more information on my coaching packages. You can go ahead and schedule a free discovery call with me to get started on your unique plan to get you back to feeling better and confident in your body again. If you learned something new in this episode and found it helpful, please send this episode to someone who you know would find it helpful as well. Don't forget to subscribe and you can rate or review the podcast wherever you're listening. And again, thank you so much. I'm really grateful for you listening and especially for you having made it all the way to the end here. Thank you so much and I will see you here again next week. let me talk to you about an event that is coming up on February 20th.